Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. The transport system is due to change in South Africa with a focus on minimizing the risk of South Africans being exposed to COVID-19 being of extreme importance. We're talking tech today and we're talking to the founder of the Just Transport podcast and he's a junior lecturer in transport economics and logistics management at the Northwest University. He says digital ID accounts and tokens appear to be part of South Africa's future. He's joining us on the line and he wants to talk to us about digitizing the South African transport system and what it's going to look like, the possibilities or the challenges thereof. A pleasure to welcome you, bra offense. Happy Thursday, Chi. You woke up early, my brother, and didn't get <laughs> enough beauty sleep. Eh? Yeah, happy Thursday. Um, thank you, Manda. Thank you um, to your team for the invitation and a great, great, great uh, background track, Jimmy Juju. Of course, uh, it's classic. We, we knew you were coming. That's why. Yes, we uh, knew we would have you on air. <laughs> yeah. Are you well, sir? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm. I'm well. How are you? Hey, man. Uh, you know, we're getting old uh, thanks to COVID-19. Eh? <laughs> Can't go to the barber. The guys that usually cut our hair at the street corner, they are not available anymore because if we cut our own hair, we make a mess. Hey, it's rough. At, at least when uh, you've kept a clean look, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's homemade, man. <laughs> you should teach us some. As a transport economist... Not a lot gets said about transport economists. You hear about people being in the logistics environment, but that in itself, unless you're in there, is hard to understand. Could I be correct? Yeah, I think uh, naturally we, well, it's a, um, over the past couple of years, transport issues are, are becoming more public conversations. And it goes hand in hand with where we are as a country in, in our development trajectory. Um, so it's not a secret um, black hole um, that is dominated by engineers. Nowadays, it's more open to multi-dimensional practices. And it's largely because globe is moving beyond um, the traditional engineering principles that you find in transport planning. So that's that's basically where we are. But internationally, transport economics has been part and parcel of um, economic development, regulation, planning for for quite some time now. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure your parents, you know, when you decided to go and study this, what were they saying? Because when we said we wanted to be on radio, like, what? You want to bala bala fella? So in your case, I'm thinking, well, that's that's a good question. So when we when we started having discussions about it, my I didn't have a career choice to say. I, I my goal was to do something that changes society and influences society in some way or another. Um, and I thought, you know, the, the creative world would be able to, to do that until I, I realized through some mentoring and support, obviously, from my family. They guided me and showed me the material, the material world, which basically meant that 
you could actually change how society is molded and chooses to mold itself through transportation because that is that is how we articulate our way, our way of being um i'll give you an example so the apartheid um, urban form in townships was designed to circulate um neighborhoods and contain people that's why you have so many so few exits in in the in the traditional township setup and that has a lot to do with with the cognitive structure of how lockdown culture works um and and cities are designed differently they have grids you know you, you can go from one point to another in relatively straightforward way but in other places you can trap people through the way you design the transport networks yeah no you know when you talk about those days uh, they knew where to find you ne <laughs> yeah 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 It, it's still exactly. the same it it's strange how that was then ne yeah and then you move to post 94 it's still the same there are especially areas where we we refer to houses as loan houses you would have thought that the planning there would have been in such a way that you know there's a free flow but still that one exit issue that you raised is still there yeah the the proliferation of uh, gated communities in in southern africa is uh is symptomatic of a lot of things of not a lot of different factors and in many ways the the whole idea of having gated communities wasn't to have these massive high walls but it was to encourage uh, a free flow of movement in a protected and through a protected space but today you're absolutely correct you have this you know block of massive households um very dense environments all of them are car oriented most of them at least um and the closest thing you have is a shopping mall and a school um and, and then you have a massive intersection <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know so so those dynamics characterize a, a type of spatial exclusion that that is replicating itself and um it's a it's a factory of shopping in in many ways you know you, you on on your on your website or blog shall i say shoni.com you write so well about the way transport is designed then actually foretells the kind of people society and community that is likely to be there oh yes that was um, last week's <laughs> last week's um last week's blog so i've been trying to figure that out i'm i'm still working on that but there is some evidence uh around a, a concept called motility i know it's a fancy word for basically saying that um when you wake up in the morning you you are who you are and then when you get into a transport mode you start to transform into the role you're going to be in your destination so in your journey you're a passenger when you get to your destination you're you're an employee or you're an employer um and somewhere in between you're taking care of your family so you could be a brother or a father or mother you know and and those shifts in social roles are dependent 
on the pendulum of moving between point A and point B. Don't worry, I have a phone voice and a one-on-one voice. These things happen. <laughs> my phone voice, ah, bruh, priceless. Say, but my one-on-one voice, like, hey, are you the same guy? <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. COVID nineteen. Obviously, South Africa has got its challenges in as far as mobility is concerned, particularly for industry. I mean, we use taxes regularly. Uh, government has battled to formalize it and deal with it accordingly. Um, the rapid transport system is there, but for a certain people in a certain area, we have the how train, which uh, is not available to everybody. COVID-19 adds another strain. How can we resolve this? I know you're a digital man. Yeah, you know, there's, there are a lot of different variables involved. Um, so we can have a short-term or a long-term approach to managing um, this pandemic. And one of, one of the key variables is what, what we want to achieve at the end of the day, um, knowing very well that there is no you know, last day of COVID-19. You know, it, it's something that is omni- it's basically going to be present for quite some time. So the debate is making decisions that bring a, a short-term result, but also can endure the test of time. And and there's a basket of responses that are happening around the world, and then there are a basket of responses that are happening domestically here in South Africa. Um, and the ministry's decisions is the best they can do under the circumstances. Uh, But we still need to have a longer-term outlook, and we need to make decisions that are coordinated and add value to the commuter safety. So, in other words, sanitization, hygiene, um, ventilation, uh, seating space, all those arrangements might not necessarily become the norm across the board. But the basics, like hygiene, sanitization, ventilation, those are going to be essential. But then the seating arrangements and all the other approaches that control the number of people inside a vehicle, that that produces the, the biggest challenge from a funding financial perspective because of the operations, but also um, from, from a user perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you you talk you you talk a lot about uh, a digitized transport system. I'm thinking uh, you, you you probably have looked at uh, the models in many other countries where it is very easy to move from, say, Pretoria to Randfontein with within a specified time, with less hassles because the system there is properly organized. In the South African context, when you talk about the, a digitized uh, transport system, what are you referring to? Oh, so I'm actually talking about the the most basic element of digitization, which is enabling transactions without cash. And yeah. the moment the moment that happens, you know, there's so many other factors. So an individual's identity is attached to a specific transaction. 
um, more information about how people move from point A to point B becomes easily available. Um, and as we move closer and closer toward uh, higher equitable access for banking systems, whether it's digital wallets or traditional banks, the more the closer we move to to these kind of dimensions, the more likely it is that transactions become digital, and the transportation system that is that revolves around this doesn't necessarily have to change, you know. But what I'm certain of is that it will be more enlightened, more informed, and much easier to use for the users and the planners who have to figure out what's going to happen in the future. Which sectors are you looking at? Because uh, uh, I'm thinking with the taxi industry, you've got a mammoth task. With the bus system, maybe you can get that right because uh, buses, uh, bus companies are regulated. You would know where to find them. Where else? With the taxi industry, you've got so many organizations where there's always disputes about routes and this, that, and the other. The taxi industry, if you were to get digital there, where would you start? How would you go about it? Oh, actually, I wouldn't have to start because it's already happening. That's, that's the interesting bit about what we're seeing. There are a number of technology interventions that are penetrating the minibus taxi industry or what we could call the paratransit industry, which would cover even the tuk-tuks, anything that's unscheduled, you know. And, and these services enable, for example, taxi associations um, and operators and owners to coordinate the services that they provide. And that is from a supply side. When we start producing digital identities or creating a space for that, what we're saying is the user now can also participate with these transactions. Uh, so, uh, for example, a platform like AfterRobot uh, is a basically an administrative solution, and it is a mobility app, you know, for the taxi market. You look at QuickLock8, which is a platform that works specifically for an owner who wants to monitor the activities that are happening across his or her vehicles. And then you can look at some other experiments that were focused on trying to find ways to improve the kind of information we have about taxi operations. But all of them still require or still lack the user identity component. We go across, you know, just across our borders, you know, on our continent. You find that there are operators that have a QR code in front of the taxi and commuters are paying using M-Pesa, you know. Yes. Th- th- this is happening, you know. So what I'm describing is not really new, you know. It's just that it hasn't surfaced yet at scale. We've been talking about this since the early 2000s, you know. So th- this, over time, obviously, is going to be about data collection. Uh, it's also going to be about a possible cashless um, transport industry and also 
it's going it's got a knock-on effect or a drop-down effect if you will for other departments law enforcement and 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 because you collect yes. data you will know that uh, mandla moved from this place and this place and the other place and he tells the people at home he was at the friend's house when he was at the girlfriend's house <laughs> yeah that is that is one of the one of the key issues that that are going to be resolved quite quickly if we're serious about providing the policy environment for this kind of for this kind of transition especially where you have multiple technology providers across multiple associations multiple transport companies and the likes there is genuinely a gap from a regulatory perspective but not just from a data protection perspective because that is inherent in in grappling with that kind of information yeah you know it's it's naturally part of that but at the same time it opens up an, a whole new um opportunity to provide financial and system based support to specific commuters and and in the South African context that is one of the key elements for enabling mobility and access. You don't want a job seeker to not be able to seek work or create opportunities because they have a mobility and access limit. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there. Also, the idea of fee fair collection. Uh, the g- digital way during this time with the pandemic, that could be a great help because uh, people will just swipe cards and just move on. There will be no exchange of cash, which uh, might probably need to be sanitized. Yeah, that's... that's uh, so when I started writing the piece, that was like what I was... I was reflecting on that, you know, initially. You know, I was like, wait a minute. Um, we, we're still going to be in contact. And the, the way the world looks... It, probably going to be sensitive and then you get you know these short videos you know that trend on social media where people where someone sneezes in a taxi and it's a big deal now you're thinking how are people going to interact with money you know and also if we go digital financially is it inclusive or does it exclude some and hence the argument that you know um we could use these sasa cards we could introduce other types of um, solutions, but also it, South Africa is already moving in that direction anyway with the driver's license, driver's licenses that are becoming. Oh yes, digital, yes. You know, so we are leaning towards that, but not everybody is a driver. You know, most people actually walk and use public transport. You know, so we have to negotiate those dynamics. We're chatting to the owner of uh, Solani, eh? Offense Solani Mokwena. He's a digital expert and, of course, he lectures at the University of the Northwest uh, in uh, transport economics and logistics management, talking about the things that we can do um, as we go forward digitally uh, because... Uh, Truth be told, many of us now don't like the idea of carrying cash. It's too much to carry. Cards are easier. And also, you know, when brothers uh, want to relieve you of your cash, they'll find cards. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, when when we look at the way our country is structured, um, there, there is a debate that we can either view it from a class perspective 
yeah. or we can view it from an opportunity perspective. And and I'm more oriented towards talking about the opportunities. And even someone who is on the hunt for cash is looking at an opportunity, you know, and it's inherent in, in the situation that we're in right now. But to resolve that, the shift towards a cashless environment opens up multiple opportunities for legitimate transport transaction entities and illegitimate ones as well. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's, that's part and parcel of the debate you know, that is on the table. There's always a concern around cybersecurity. You know, identity theft uh, will always be an ever-present uh, worry. And uh, have you thought, you given any thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, like, so it can, it can go much deeper. So, so at first, it, it's convenient. We can talk about identity theft, um, cybersecurity risks, but then you can take it one step further, where you know it creates. The digitization of transport systems creates a place where communities and ordinary people can talk to and about transport systems, you know, in order to create new solutions or to inquire about specific issues or report limits in the municipality's provision, whether it's a pothole or the need for a sidewalk. But that can also produce a, a different types of biases inside society itself. So on one hand, yes, we've got a cybersecurity issue, but on the other hand, there's also a, a social dynamic that comes from the debate around transport. They can either unify people or divide them or do a little bit of both, depending on where they are and what they think about a specific service. I like the dialogue perspective because that can take us forward. I suppose you can say that uh, this is uh, the fourth industrial revolution at play. Uh, also, tech startups, would they have a role here? I heard you talk about opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so all the examples I've mentioned from After Robot to Quick Lock Aid, we can go Go Metro Pro, the, Where's My Transport, there are a number, you know, I'm moving housing. There are a number of these companies that are doing incredible things in the transport space. Uh, and they're just different in terms of how they're, they're interacting with the transportation systems. But at the same time, the more we become digital, it's also the more people want to engage and want to be sensitized on a personal level about transport issues or mobility and access debates. You know, and and that in that in and of itself is something that is difficult to digitize. It's something that that actually produces a type of activism that you see in the non-motorized and cycling community here in South Africa. You know, it's it's coming up. You know, and it's going to be much louder, but it's also going to be part of the digital transition as well. So it's quite an interesting time. So we are ready, but uh, we can do more. Yes, we, we've been ready for a very long time. I mean, Prasa introduced the, 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 the gates, digital gates, eight years ago, and we were ready then. You know, the bus rapid transit systems were running. 
um, on a cashless, near cashless basis. Um, the how train is running on a near gas cashless basis. Yeah. And there have been pilots with taxi services where you've got a cashless system. We've tried it before. You know, the, the, the conversation has to do with, you know, whether it's whether a monopoly is going to run the, the the transaction space or whether it's going to be distributed across various operators, you know, that compete. So it will be very interesting to see what happens. I wish we had more time, Sony, because there's lots we wanted to ask you. But then where can people find you and where can people uh, read your writings? Because uh, you, you make some really fascinating comparisons and discoveries and suggestions as well. Something to really think about. Yeah, so I share on sudani.com. That's the blog place. And then from there, it's the Just Transport podcast. That's we're on, we finished season one, working on season two now. Um, and then you can also find me through my students. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> they're, they're also quite interesting and very inspiring people. So, yes. Fantastic stuff. Brasloni? Shalani, Mr. McQuenna, thank you ever so much. Fantastic writing indeed. I'm still go, I'm, I'm going to go for that uh, episode three that you highlighted uh, in your blog as well because uh, I'm, I've yet to finish reading, but what you put there is fabulous stuff. I think uh, a lot of people should go to shalani.com. Uh, whether you're a transport economist, you're thinking ahead, even employers as well, to help your employees to navigate their routes to and from work, school, children, and so forth. There's a lot for everybody, as you said. It's about the opportunities that it presents. Thank you so much for joining us and wishing you a fabulous donor, my brother. Thank you so much. Uh, fascinating discussion, and uh, thank you to your listeners. Many thanks. A great one to you. That's often Shoni Mukwena. Shoni.com is where you can go. Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake.